Welcome everybody to Cam James Corner. My name is Cameron Jarman. This is my first episode. Um, just tell you a little quick about myself. I'm a very, very high energy kid. I love to talk. I love to be out and about. A longboard, a paddleboard. I, I'm obsessed with martial arts. Uh, I'm consistently doing something, and my energy levels are through the roof, man. Um, uh, my plan to this is just kind of have an outlet, just talk about anything that I feel like talking about. There's really going to be no rhyme or reason. It's a very rabbit traily podcast if you can keep up man it's gonna it's a fun one man i I just enjoy talking uh i have a lot of funny stories i'm a bartender i've been bartending for five years so i have a lot of funny stories from the bartending scene um me and my friends were kind of crazy growing up i got a lot of funny stories from back in the day um i i I tend to have a wealth of knowledge i like to learn a lot man i i just very very easily get obsessed with specific knowledges on stuff and i can get very obsessive with it you will learn pretty quick um i'm big into marijuana culture i'm big into whiskey culture i'll probably start every single episode with some sort of different whiskey chat about you know spend a little minute talking about it for a sec Um, i do have a very special one that i have for my first episode to kind of you know loosen up a little bit and uh, i'll get right into that so hmm Ooh, but I had to take a drink. God damn, that's delicious. So um, I'm drinking a Scottish whiskey, Boonahubbin 16-year-old. It's a single cask, which is very important in Scotch. So when you break down the term single malt Scotch, people get very – there's a big misconception around the word single malt. They think it's one barrel. It's sat in there for 12 years, and then they put it into a bottle. Not true because that's the way bourbon is. Bourbon has that single barrel aspect to it, which not all bourbon has to. We can get a side on that. But because America, we get we get this idea of just one barrel put into a bottle. But realistically, when you see a number on a bottle, that means that's just the lowest year added into that bottle. So if it's 12-year-old, there could be 20, 30 – not always, definitely not 30. That's crazy. But, you know, there can be multiple years. It's just the lowest added is what's put on the bottle. Which is fair. That's a requirement because if you put a thirty-year-old, you put two drops of thirty-year-old and ninety-nine percent twelve, and then you put the word thirty on it. It's kind of misleading. So they make you put the lowest number in it. You can usually find the blends. But what's really cool about this is that this is not a blend. This is a hundred percent single cask. Um, it's an independent bottler, which means that this guy, um, it's Duncan Taylor. Uh, he it's his dimensions line. He didn't actually make the whiskey. The company Boonahabin did. It's a single, a sixteen-year-old sherry cast single malt. Um, there's a couple ways that these th- this happens basically. So Boonahabin had a shit ton of cash just sitting around, and what they'll do is they'll reach out to a lot of these independent bottlers, very popular in Scotland, and pretty much just auction it off to them. Like, hey man, we got all the you know we made we needed forty thousand, we made fifty thousand. We're auctioning off ten thousand barrels. So they'll come in and they'll they'll buy the whole barrel. And what's really cool about them is um. Scott in Scotland, you're allowed to color. You're allowed to chill filter, kind of like the chill filter means you put it inside of your um, freezer, like a like a vodka, you know, to like put it in to basically take the taste away. That's what you'll do when you when it t- comes out of the cast. They'll send it very very cold filtering, and it'll kind of pull back on some of the flavors, freezing them. Um, they can color it for consistency. Now, your average person isn't going to buy an independent bottle. That's why I need to color them. But if you had fifty McCallum bottles on the shelf, and you know every other one looked different it would kind of throw you off you like the common consumer really wouldn't understand so they're allowed to use this certain coloring that literally has less taste than water so don't be scared of the coloring it's it's fine almost every single scotch company does um and then these are always cash drinks too and what that means is it, when it comes out of the cast the companies the scot or the whiskey companies are allowed to add distilled water into it to cut it down to you know the at lowest 40 percent um this is not cut down. This is directly out of the cask. It's a little bit nicer when you're spending this kind of money on these bottles. You kind of want to know what came directly out of the cask. You don't want them adding their 
own distilled water. You'll add it if you want. You can go nerd out, buy a gallon of distilled water, um, put it in another cup and start adding a couple drops as you, you know, take your adventure through your ounce of the whiskey that you're enjoying. So um, it's a really fun bottle. It's a very unique bottle. Uh, It's actually bottle number 111 out of 204. Um, It's very nice, man. It's a it's a very different bottle. It's not for everybody. I don't serve it to a lot of people. I got the stuff that I served it. You know, you can, there's some bourbons out there you can uh, serve to pretty much anybody and they will, they'll drink it right up. But uh, yeah, I, I truly enjoy this. It's, it's very sweet and uh, very wine berry-ish because it's that sherry finish, the 16 year, and then just, it, it finishes this, this funky, I call it the Buna Haben funk. It's not, it's not smoky. It's not really like that peat taste, but it's just this funkiness, like this mildew. It's a beautiful, beautiful finish. Give me three seconds. I'll be right back. God damn, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So, you know what goes great with whiskey? Fighting. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm obs- but I really am. I'm obsessed with martial arts. I've been watching martial arts since I was, shit, I want to say middle school age, sixth, seventh grade, man. I remember going over to one of my uncle's house and we, I watched uh, Tim Silvey versus Andre Olowski. I believe it was UFC 55. I'm not a hundred percent sure on the number, but I remember just literally falling in love, in love with it. I, I, I loved it. Yeah. I just remember seeing my, my eyes were glued, man, just glued to the TV watching these gentlemen just, put everything out on the line. You know what I mean? And of course, as a kid, I was, the violence was crazy. You know, kids do love fighting. Unfortunately, it is a thing that boys hundred percent love, but, um, I just fell in love just more than that. Not just that. And I've always kind of liked wrestling. I was wrestling my friend and I always found out cool moves. But then once I really got into the UFC, I started learning about something called Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, got really obsessed with it. Kind of just started looking up YouTube videos, watching fighters, and I always had a good sense of grappling. It was something that kind of came natural to me. So um, I got, like I said, I just started wrestling around my friends. I would go to wrestling practices and try to put freaking, you know, <laughs> high school wrestlers and triangle chokes and get in trouble because I thought I was wrestling, but I wasn't. Um, and this, I pretty much only did that. I didn't really ever throw any punches. I never really got to go in and train until I was about 19 years old. I kind of forced myself to walk into a jujitsu gym. And I, it's a crazy story, man. I had a couple of my friends. There were three of us that were supposed to go. I stayed at my buddy's house. And of course, on the morning woke up, anytime martial arts gets involved, people tend to back out pretty easily. So um, they woke up, they kind of backed out. So I forced myself to go. I, I walked through that door and I trained by myself. Um, it was, it was a little intimidating, but it was, it was one of the most, it was the funnest, most relieving. There's nothing like going in and just honestly getting your ass whooped for a little bit. It's very humbling for you. Uh, I believe there's many, many people in this world that need it. But so I went there that first day, got my ass whooped, trained my heart out and didn't give up left. And I was a little hesitant on going back. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to push yourself back. But oddly enough, the guy that taught the class walked into the warehouse I was working at a week later and asked me if I was coming back. I mean, what are the chances of that? It's a very odd thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm a very science-based person. I don't believe in mystical stuff, but that's something different. You know what I mean? Something weird. I've never seen this gentleman before. And then we train a week later, he comes through the warehouse because he's a FedEx delivery guy. Very, very, and I had been working at the warehouse for a while. Very weird. So I pushed myself through. I got to my blue belt level. I've competed a couple times. Um, uh, I am still stuck at the blue belt level. The the you know I mean that's kind of the joke of the jujitsu world. But I, I I am a very big family guy. I haven't stopped training. I just haven't gone to the same gym 
twice a week for this amount of time so I can technically build it. I'm always training. I have a little gym in my downstairs. Um, like I said, so about two years I went from up to my blue belt level. Um, and within those two years, I was consistently just kind of, like I said, obsessed YouTube, this YouTube, that hanging PVC pipe from my ceiling, swinging it back and forth, swinging my head side to side, watching how to throw a jab, throwing a thousand jabs, throwing a thousand crosses. Just, you know, you don't have to go into a gym to learn how to box, to learn how to fight. I mean, yeah, you're not going to be able to go fight a professional fighter, but you can learn to defend yourself just by YouTube, man. It's, it's, 2020 man the information is out there you don't need to go into a gym it's not necessary 100 percent um I, I i have a very good base in stand-up now um i love to throw kicks i'm flexible as all hell so i i learned to throw a good high kick a good spin kick a good this kick a good that kick and this kind of led into me just kind of jumping around like i went and took a take one do class with this guy and then i found my buddy who fought muay thai for a couple years and you know he came into the jitsu gym and he worked with us for a couple months and i kind of worked on some knees and stuff like that so i just have a little bit of experience across the board and Having all that little small base, I just consistently stay active in martial arts, man. It is a very, very important thing. And picking up weights is boring. I just, it, that stagnant feeling of just picking up a piece of metal, I can't do. I do have a set of Olympic rings. I just have, I, 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 I use body weight workout. I, I think that's all you really need, man. All the other stuff is just kind of show. Uh, I, I, I understand that there are reasons to pick up pieces of metal and gain muscle, but I just think you can get the same style without doing that using body weight workouts it's just yeah um with this being said man i i have like i said i have a true true desire for watching high high level martial arts i, I not i mean obviously i'm obsessed with the ufc but i i watch boxing i watch kickboxing i watch tiger fight muay thai i watch ebi jiu-jitsu i watch i've even watched taekwondo matches karate matches uh all types of stuff all types of martial arts it's a it truly is one a, a beautiful form of art that i think is put into a category of chicken fighting for some odd reason by naive people that's definitely a kind of an older thought but you you can still see it out there people are you fucking knock them out bro uh, that's not really what it's about sometimes you know you really the art form of moving your body and understanding and reading the body language of the other person and i mean it's very 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 high level decision making very high level very fast decision making the only downside if you make the wrong decision it can kind of come with very big consequences painful sometimes dire consequences um but this this makes this turns you into a, a strong human being this teaches you to be a person i mean i build self-confidence i build I, public speaking odd stuff like that um it helps you with children. It helps you with patience. You know, when you get choked out 15 times, it's pretty hard to get mad at the guy that cut you off on the highway, right? Yeah. Uh, there's many, many cultures out there. I'm not going to sit here and name them all that require you to take some sort of martial arts as a child, you know, a couple years of it. Because it does, it gives you a better sense of freedom, I guess you could say. You know what I mean? You really feel just, you don't feel as scared out and about. and Maybe not scared or just nervous that something's going to happen. Um your loved you you feel protective over your loved ones and that's a that's a real sense of that's, that's a real sense of pride on it i truly believe that you know what i mean and i, I i'm not nervous to say that i don't want to hide behind it it's it's a it's a good feeling it's a very good feeling to have and i i very much i encourage everybody to go out and at least you know attempt a martial art just find something it doesn't matter what it is just go have fun learn to move your body um 
that in yoga, man. I am one of the biggest advocates in yoga. Just learning your flexibility, mobility, dexterity, learning how to breathe. Uh, it's a great form of meditation to just clear your mind, to just shut your brain off for a minute. Um, you can zone at the world out during it. it. It's It truly is beautiful and nothing feels better afterwards. And you know, also it's humbling when you're next to a 60-year-old woman that's showing you up because she can stand on one hand and do the splits in the air. It's bananas but that's a side note it, it's it's cool though man i mean you need to stay flexible all these guys get so stiff and they can't even move and next you know their back is seizing up by the time they're fucking 40 and they can't figure out why it's like we've well, been picking up big ass pieces of metal for your entire life and you never fucking stretch bro genius genius god damn so let's talk about some fights we got some really really cool fights coming up in the ufc um Tony Ferguson versus Gaethje, man. What a crazy-ass fight. I'm really upset it's not for fighting Khabib, the 155-pound champ. He is a – Khabib is a monster, a monster, 28-0 and 0 now. Um, but I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, Tony Ferguson is a different monster. He is crazy. He's, diff- he's not sane in the head to me. He is – if he wasn't fighting, he would probably be the next sociopath or the next serial killer. He would be out there probably taking people's lives. That dude freaks me out when I look him in the eyes when he does interviews. Just, I mean, I watched a video of him slamming his shin to like a 10,000 PSI pipe like four or five times. And you hear this ting, like they're slamming two pipes together. And he shows no mark. His skin is iron. His shin is iron. He sharpens his elbows on metal man i mean he, he doesn't smack him hard but he he hits that piece of metal on his elbow 100 times on each side every single angle on his elbow and then once the cartilage builds up he goes in the fucking doctors and gets all the cartilage shaved off and now he's sharp as fucking iron it's insane man he cuts people's foreheads open he, he he's just pure grit he is pure grit man you can't put the guy away but if anybody's going to put this man away justin gagey has the goddamn power to do it that dude has iron in his fucking hands. Dude, he sli- I, I mean, when he touches people, he turns lights off. And, you know, if you go back to some of his early fights, he was a little bit sloppier. He was definitely sharpened up, slowed down. But, man, his leg kicks were some of the most brutal things I've ever seen. And I don't know if... Uh, I mean, he had the same concept walking into that Edson Barboza fight where he was just going to go leg kick for leg kick with him. And Edson Barboza is supposed to have some of the dis- most disgusting leg kicks in the goddamn... UFC. It's insane, man. He's finished people with kicks in every single oh, leg kick, body kick, and head kick. One of the only fighters to do it. And Justin Gaethje's like, I will go shin to shin with him. Tony Ferguson has done that. He stood in front of Dos Anjos and slammed his shin into, into Dos Anjos' shin as hard as he could just to show him that I'm not scared of it. I mean, I, I can't wait to see these two get in. I mean, I'm shaking at the... T- Oh, I'm just, I'm clacking at the teeth ready for this. I'm excited, man. Very, very excited for this fight to go down. And I'm really don't, it's a very, very, I would never bet on this fight. There's a very, very hard fight to call. Um, It's right around the corner to UFC 249, my man. Woo! They're finally back. Um, I believe it's May 29th. May 9th, I'm sorry, 29th. May 9th, Saturday. So it's literally right around the corner. It doesn't show that it's a confirmed fight, but I'm pretty sure it's confirmed. I'm almost 100% sure. Huh, weird. Um, Henry Cejudo versus Dominic Cruz. Oh, are they the are they the co-main event to them? Is that what's going on? Oh, Vicente Luque versus Nico Price. That's a good fight. 
Unfortunately, Vicente Luca fought a very hard fighter. Probably, honestly, my favorite fighter in the UFC. And that's my boy, Steven Wonderboy Thompson. Shout out. Wonderboy, show me out, bro. I follow his technique Tuesday. He's one of my... Fuck, I love that dude. But hold on a second. Like I said, rabbit trail, my boys. Um, I'm pretty sure I thought Tony Ferguson was fighting on that card. It's not showing. It's confirmed. I could have swore it was. Does anybody know? Anyways, um, Hudo versus Dominic Cruz is a super interesting fight too. I mean, that's a Cejudo is is as cringeworthy as he is, man. People sleep on this guy's fucking serious wrestling skills, man. I mean, he was eighteen, moved away from his home to go live at the Olympic Center so that he could become an Olympic gold medalist. This guy was literally formed into a fucking um professional fighter, like it's a wrestler like he from day one this guy was molded into a, a wrestler and he took that wrestling and turned it into insane fighting man i mean i don't 100 agree with his decision over uh over my boy dj but whatever that's 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 a side note uh yeah it is confirmed okay on the ufc websites it's showing that ferguson gaethje is confirmed that's what i that's what i thought okay good 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 fuck off wikipedia um but back to cejudo versus cruz cejudo i i, I know people he's cringeworthy and they don't want him to win but he's a very hard but then again dominic cruz is a wizard movement man uh that that he, to close the distance on dominic cruz is going to hold him is going to be different the way he's constantly switching stands it's moving going moving going and the very interesting thing that dominic cruz does i don't hear a lot of people talk about is if you watch him when he separates from action when he's not within any sort of like striking or any sort of scary range he takes a massive big breath <sighs> huge huge big breath it's very i don't see a lot of fighters do that from from the beginning man you think he's almost winded but he's not he's doing it on purpose overloading his body with oxygen there's not a lot of fighters that do that and i would like to see more fighters do that um it's a it's a it's a very it's a very effective technique man you need to get that oxygen into your muscles you need to it's one of the most important things that's why a lot of these big strong muscle guys tend to fade out a little early but that's a difficult one to call i think that cejudo is probably gonna take it i think that his wrestling is just gonna overpower him um dominic cruz has been out for a very long time and i know he doesn't believe in ring rust but i do think that cejudo might just be a little bit i think he's just gonna edge it i don't think he's gonna finish him but i think he's gonna edge out a five round decision very close decision francis Ngano versus jaharzi who i can't even pronounce i'm sorry jaharza yeah, the kickboxer guy. I think I'm gonna call him Jahar. I think Francis is gonna probably sleep this guy, man. I'm not gonna lie. The only reason I say is because when I watch him fight, when he was fighting um Alistair Overeem, he just got I think he he was getting pieced up, man. And Francis is a fucking destroyer. I, unless your name is DC or Stipe, you're you no matter what, it's gonna be a nightmare for you. I, I just I don't see this going. I think he's gonna sleep in first round. He's gonna do the Francis thing. Jeremy Stevens versus Calvin Cater. Now, Calvin Cater, 20 and 4. Ooh. So I'm looking at some stats. We got 5.12 strikes landed per minute versus Jeremy Stevens 3.9, which is crazy because Jeremy Stevens is 28 and 17, and he's 20 and 4, man. Jeremy Stevens has more wins than this guy has fights. So, I mean, he's a. He's definitely more seasoned, so it's hard to look at that number and take it pretty seriously because you got to look at the the difference in fights. You know what I mean? I mean, 
Jeremy Stevens is a veteran. Uh, 40 to 49. Ooh, this is this is where it gets scary, though. The absorbed per minutes. Jeremy Stevenson takes 2.9 shots. This guy takes 6.36 shots per minute. Looks like a brawler, so he takes more than he... Oof. Mm. Got better takedowns. Takedown accuracy. Ooh, he does have better takedown defense. Interesting. Okay. I'm not sure if I've seen Calvin Cater fight. I think he fought Zabit, if I remember correctly. Let me double check. Because if this is the guy that fought, let me let me look at his record and see who his last 10 fights are. So. Oh, Tim, they never fought. He was supposed to fight him. Who is he beat? He beat, oh, no, he lost to Moikana. Mm, interesting. His last. Let's see what we're going on right here. Okay. This is a little bit difficult one for me to pick, but I got it. Unfortunately. Oh, he beat Ricardo Lamos. Interest. Oh, he TKO'd Ricardo Lamos first round. That's pretty big, honestly. Hmm. And he was going to fight Zabit. I'm going to have to go with... That's a difficult one to call just because I don't know Cater that well. But he might be able to pull it off, man. He might be able to pull it off. Jeremy Stevens is kind of in the back end of his career. Literally, he's been in some wars. Hmm. I'm not going to pick that one. I'm not sure. I just don't have enough knowledge. Greg Hardy versus this guy. I don't know. Greg Hardy. I don't I'm just not a fan that much, man. I'm not going to lie. Greg Hardy probably will take it though. Greg Hardy is a pretty good athlete. He really is. I mean, I can't, I can't downplay the guy, but um, he'll probably take it. Pettis Cerrone. Holy shit. Okay. So they fought once already. Pettis TKO'd him very, very fast. First round with that disgusting body kick. I think it was like 64 seconds. It was crazy. But if, oh no, that was the song. He beat him fast though, first round. Um Cerrone's a different monster than he was back then, but Cerrone's coming off in a pretty bad skid. That Conor McGregor one, which I kind of saw coming. The Justin Gaethje one, which I kind of saw coming too. But and then the Tony Ferguson one was a little bit different, just because I knew they were both late starters. But Tony Ferguson tore him up. Tony Ferguson also tore up Anthony Pettis. Pettis is only the best skid, but Tony Anthony Pettis hasn't gotten definitively destroyed in his last couple fights i mean he's he dropped tony ferguson in the fight he definitely dropped diaz and bad diaz in this fight but diaz came back fuck he knocked out my boy wonder boy that is insane to me i mean beautiful one of the best placed punches i've almost ever seen it just gave it was a so well thought out the way wonder boy throws off his front sidekick pettis timed the stomp on it and just threw that superman punch and caught him right on the chin just just gorgeous um I think Pettis is going to do it again, man. I think it's going to be fast. I think it's going to be ugly. I think Pettis is going to beeline right at Cerrone. I think he's going to. I think he's going to hurt him. I, I fucking hate to say it, but if not, if it goes later, um, Cerrone's going to take it. But I, I, I'm edging towards Pettis a little bit. Hmm. Oh, Link, uh, this. This is the uh, Alaski. I can't pronounce his last name. Versus Fabricio Verdum. Now, this is a crazy matchup because if I remember correctly, this is the guy who lands all those crazy fucking chokes right the boa constrictor yeah so he 
lands those Ezekiel chokes. But the problem is, I don't know if you're going to be able to Ezekiel choke someone like Fabricio Verdum. Fabricio Verdum is an insane level black belt, and he he he's oof. I mean, hmm. I think this is going to be a pretty cool heavyweight grappling match, but I think Fabricio Verdum is going to edge this out. I think he's going to be able to edge this guy out a little bit. I don't think he's going to get caught in something like that. Yeah, I think he's going to take it. Michelle Watterson versus Carlos Carla Esparza. I, I hope Michelle Watterson pieces her up. Mich the Karate Hottie's my girl, man, and Carla Esparza's got some whack-ass stand-up. I don't think it's that great. She's more of a grappler to me. Um, if she can get Michelle to the ground, she can grind her out, but Michelle Watterson, has, it, it, she's good, man. She's got some good jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I, I think she's going to take it on her feet. She's going to piece her up for sure. Came off a pretty brutal loss to um, the, the, the fucking boogie woman, Joanna, but... Michelle Watterson is my girl. Uriah Hall versus Jacques Ray. <sighs> you know, I love striking and I'm a big person who loves, you know, but I, I do jujitsu. I just don't think this is a good fight for Uriah Hall. This is a this is kind of a bad fight. I think Jacques Ray is gonna take that. I think he's gonna take him to the ground and fucking beat a beat a that yeah. Ooh, scary fight for Uriah Hall. But Uriah Hall says that he's 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 feeling different. He's feeling uh he's, he's feeling like he, the best he's ever been, but you hear that a lot. Jacare is on the back end, but Jacare is still the alligator man. He gets a hold of you. He does not let go. Man, this that's the prelims. What's the early? Nico Price versus Vicente Luque for the oh damn, that's a good fight for the prelims. Um uh, Vicente is a killer, killer kickboxer, man. And Nico Price is a wild child, the only person to get two knockouts off his back. <sighs> and that that fucking up kick knockout of um what was his name? Uh James Vick was God damn, that was brutal, bro. Ugh. Oh, I can still hear it. Still hear it to this day. But Vicente, Vicente Luque is real, man. That guy is a serious kickboxer. I think he's going to beat Nico Price. I think he's going to take him. I think he's going to edge out a, a good decision. And uh, I think it's going to be technical. I think it might be a little bit of a clinic. Yeah, I think it, it, Vicente looked really... He looked good against uh, Wonderboy in his early fight, or his early on, the first round, but Wonderboy picked him apart. And then Bryce Mitchell. <laughs> this guy, this guy's going to win for sure. Thug Nasty, that's the one. That, that boy's nasty, dude. He's going to win. I, that guy's awesome. Yeah, he's taking that. Hoping he was Sam Alvey versus Ryan Spam. I'm not sure who Ryan Spam is, but Sam Alvey's always fun to watch. Man, this card is stacked head to Toe. Even if you're not a fucking mixed martial arts fan, you should watch this. You should go hang out with somebody at someone's house at six feet and just watch this fight, man. Enjoy it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be crazy from beginning to end. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. Guarantee, guarantee it. Well, guys, that was a that was a fun podcast for a fun first one to get out of the way. I'm hitting about 27 minutes right now. Um, I want to say, if you do end up listening, thank you for listening to my podcast. I'll probably try to put one out once a week just to kind of get some stuff off my chest, talk about, you know, maybe some local stuff. Get, you know, yeah. Um, if you have any questions, um, I, my Facebook is Cam James Corner, or you can find me at uh, Cameron Jarman. Uh, yeah, shoot me a message. Thanks for listening. Take it easy, guys.